The English writer and poet John Dryden wrote, and I quote, we first make our habits and then our habits make us, unquote. Somebody else said, and I have no idea who actually said this, but I'm quoting this other anonymous person. Everyone wants to go to heaven, but no one wants to die, unquote. In other words, in order for you to get what you want, you have to do something else first. Problem is, it's in the doing, and the doing is the issue. And now, Money Matters USA with Fred Sage. And you also need to work with your advisor to create multiple income streams. You're at the right place for information every week regarding all the components of a successful retirement plan. Asset allocation is really a driving force for how much your accounts are going to grow. Fred Sade is a financial fiduciary and retirement specialist. I have to put the client's interest ahead of my own pocketbook at, at all times. I must be able to justify why I'm making the recommendations. Money Matters USA with Fred Sade. Fred Sade. Hey, welcome. It's Money Matters USA, the podcast that is designed to provide you and arm you with information on strategies, the financial strategies, and specifically as related to retirement. And who better to do that than Fred Sade? Fred holds a PhD in economics from Duke University. He is the founder and managing director of the fiduciary firm of the same name, Money Matters USA. Fred, ready to roll up our sleeves and get in it. How are you today? I'm good, Dave. How are you? Very good. And always great conversations here. You really get us thinking, Fred. And and we're gonna we're gonna think about a lot here today because we're gonna talk about some of the newest research on retirement income, the value of an advisor, uh, why delay social security benefits, de accumulation, and inflation. So we got a jam packed podcast. We're gonna jump in. There is a continuing discussion on the research about percentage withdrawal strategies, and the most famous one, of course, is the four percent approach. But given today's inflation. That's the question is, do you think the, the, this 4% rule makes any sense or should there be some other amount or some other way of looking at the income withdrawal problem? Well, it's, it, it, that's, that's something that I've been struggling with, um, this, the 4% rule. I've been, you know, noodling on this for a long time. And, you know, I've seen different percentage amounts, 2 7 anywhere up to 7%. And as you know, we, we did a video series entirely uh, on Morningstar's 3.3% uh, withdrawal research. And I like to monitor the do-it-yourself groups on Facebook. And uh, I think there's a fundamental misunderstanding of the 4% rule that I see uh, repeatedly. If you have sources of guaranteed income, then the 4% rule only applies to the gap that opens up and that you need to close to get to your retirement spending goal. Mm -hmm. So then the 4% is limited to a portfolio withdrawal. But the first thing you've done is you've taken Social Security, you've taken a pension if you have one, personal pension if you've created one income from an annuity, and then you can take your 4% withdrawal. So if you looked at it in that way, that you have already met your fixed expenses, and you're not portfolio dependent for the fixed expenses, then there's a lot less risk 
uh, from sequence of risk and return. So if you look at it that way, 4% is not all that much of a heavy lift. And, and that's just staying with withdrawal strategies. There are other ways of looking at the problem. And in our video series, as you know, we, we looked at other ways beside these percentage withdrawal strategies. You really did. And you went in, in, in depth into that in the video series, too, which is uh, a great companion to this podcast. And you, you talked about um, that guaranteed income component to your retirement. A lot of people dislike annuities. And and it's kind of got a lot of bad presses. Even you know the one one av- uh, guy who advertises he hates annuities, and, <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> and 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 the, you would have to ask the question: Well, which one are you talking about? Because I mean, there are good and bad annuities, just like there are good and bad mutual funds and ETFs. Fred, you want to tackle some of the issues? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you do the heavy lifting. Speaking of lifting heavy. <laughs> All right. Uh, when when interest rates go up uh, or they go down, especially when they go down, the uh, an annuity or life insurance does not go down in value the way a bond would go down in value because rates and yields on bonds are opposite. So uh, yields can go up when the interest rates are down and and vice vice versa. So there is no interest rate risk uh, inherent in an annuity or in life insurance. And if you are using annuities as a bond substitution, that annuities can make sense even for a very sophisticated uh, investor. The 60-40, the traditional portfolio, always depended on on capital gains growth on on the bond side, but in a low interest rate environment, the 60-40 portfolio is really challenged to outperform a fixed index annuity, particularly the 40% that is in bonds. And Tom Hegner recently wrote about the being uh, in the deaccumulation phase. And I, I want to just read a piece of it and then and sort of um, unpack it. Uh, what, what Tom said is replace the bonds with guaranteed lifetime income. With a fixed annuity, you get the security of a AAA bond, but the yield of a C bond with a zero standard deviation. Now, that is true for single premium immediate annuities, and it's, de- it's also true for deferred income annuities. Remember, a deferred income annuity is a single premium immediate annuity that is defer- deferred, but that's a very clumsy way of describing it. So the insurance companies focus grouped it and they found that the, that they ought to call it a deferred income annuity. So that's what they uh, have done. Now, uh, interest the interest rate is important, but it's the payout rate that really determines how much income you're going to get. And people confuse the interest rate with the payout rate. And, and the two are are really very, very different. And if you just look at the payout rate and, and want to do a comparison uh, against a bond portfolio, so let's say you buy bonds, 
and you want to use bonds as a, a substitution strategy. You don't want any part of, of annuities and your mind is closed to it. Fine. After 30 years, you've, you've eaten all the income and now the bond matures and you now are eating the principal. And the bond does not have mortality credits. That's what the annuity has really ultimately has going uh, for it. It has the ability to share in the mortality pooling so that after 30 years, you're still alive. That annuity is still going to pay. The bond portfolio cannot keep up. A, an annuity to provide you with income lifetime is 30% less expensive than trying to build a bond ladder. Now, a lot of research on that. You can look at the research done by Wade Fow. Uh, he has he's worked the numbers on this. And what I just said, uh, his research validates uh, me uh, completely. There's another concept from uh, Dr. Malevsky. The Malevsky has a concept which he calls the implied longevity yield. I said that slowly because it's a <laughs> mouthful. But what, what, what Malevsky is saying is um, when should you buy the single premium immediate annuity? When should you buy the deferred income annuity? And what Malevsky is arguing is that if, if you wait five years or put off the purchase for at least five years, so in other words, if you took Social Security at 65, you'd buy the annuity at 71. Or if, or if you've turned income on at 66, you turn it on again five years later. But uh, again, if, if once you um, subject uh, Malevsky's argument to to mathematics, it's a math. It's, it is a mathematical problem. You find out that that his implied longevity yield really doesn't work. You, you're actually going to experience about a three percent loss if you uh, follow uh, his uh, his advice, if if you if you will, um, but this is a concept that a lot of people and a lot of people are not as familiar with Malusky as they as they ought to be because he he's done a lot of research uh, on uh, on immediate annuities and deferred income annuities. The other thing I would say is that. Um, IRA funds can be used for a joint life annuity. And I hate to be blunt, but I think I, I have to be because if you want to leave a legacy to your kids, you got to ask yourself one question. Did you save? Did you invest all these years to leave a large amount of money to your kids? And if your life expectancy is 27 to 40 years in retirement, how much money do you really think is going to be left for your kids? If, if, if a legacy is important to you, why not buy a life insurance policy? And that's going to provide a legacy. Decide how much you want to leave, buy the life insurance mm -hmm. policy, and that's absolute certainty. Leave that to your kids, spend the money, enjoy your life. And, and speaking of enjoying life, as far as what makes life meaningful, research um, recently, 
uh, from the Pew Research Center, published actually in late 2021, entitled What Makes Life Meaningful, uh, surveyed pre- and post-retirees in 17 developed countries and uh, to rank 17 topics for their importance in giving meaning to their lives. And in every country, not a surprise here, but family was ranked number one as a source of meaning in life. In the U.S., material well-being was ranked fourth. So how, how do you see well-being applying to your clients? Well, I've, I've done a lot of um, focus on the issue of well-being, or I've defined it as, as happiness. And, it, and there's also a lot of research that's been done on happiness and retirement. And that kind of suggests that the, your, your own emotional well-being is the most important category because, because if, if, if you feel if you are positive, if the if what's going on inside of you is positive, that's going to drive happiness. What what you're feeling is going to be reflected in the in the world. How you feel about yourself, and and that's going to also be reflected in your relationship. I know that uh, financial well being and physical well being, you know, those 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 are important, but ha- but they they. Uh, are behind being, they are behind happiness and the feeling of, of well-being. Well, you know, I mentioned that you were going to discuss a little bit the value of an advisor and then kind of getting back to annuities a little bit here. David Blanchett, formerly of Morningstar, he's now head of research at PGIM, which is the advisory arm of Prudential. He recently started a firestorm. He, he criticized advisors who never recommend annuities. And he says that the, they cannot call themselves fiduciaries because they may not be acting in their client's best interest. He suggests that the um, assets under management model means money going into an annuity translates into an income cut for the advisor. What, what are your thoughts, Fred? Well, I happen to agree with Blanchett. I think his point is, is well taken. Um, an annuity is a tool. And if it's the proper tool for the job, for the task at hand, then it should be used. I mean, if, if I have a nail, I need a hammer. Uh, if I need a screwdriver, I'm not going to drive the screw into the wall or into a piece of wood by smashing it with a, you know, with a hanger, with a excuse me, with a hammer. And um, if it's if the annuity is what should be used, then then so be it. I. I know that this debate is not always civil. I've, I've read a lot of the debate. A lot of it is going on uh, at a website called Advisors Perspective and in their pages. Well, and some advisors are, are really uh, pushing back at Blanchett. A lot of these advisors are not licensed to sell annuities. That is an issue for them. Uh, it's also money going into an annuity is means that they are taking an income cut, so they're making 10000 a year. If part of that portfolio goes into an annuity, they just took a $5,000 reduction uh, in, in income. And Blanchett makes also some of the very same arguments that are made by, by Tom Hegner. And um, I'd like to, if, if it's okay with you, I'd, I'd like to talk about uh, because we're talking about annuities, I'd like to talk about uh, about Social Security, which is an annuity, right? Yes, 
Let's take a break and we can get to that and uh, some okay. claiming strategies on that. And also, um, I know you want to touch on deaccumulation a little bit as well. So yeah. uh, we're going to, as, as we mentioned, a busy podcast here. We're going to get to it all. Stay with us. Money Matters USA. Are you losing sleep over market volatility affecting your hard-earned retirement savings? You can't afford to lose a big portion of your nest egg with not enough time to recover. Many people want safety and the guarantee of principle, but also prefer the potential of higher growth with the market. And now you can have both. Call Fred Sade at Money Matters USA at 800-593-8188. That's 800-593-8188. Hey, we're back with Money Matters USA and Fred Sade. Fred Sade is founder and managing director of the fiduciary firm of the same name. Fred's been in the financial services industry for, for years now. And he also contributes to many financial publications and websites. He lends his expertise. He offers uh, great information. M- mentioning earlier, he arms us with information, not only on this podcast, but also on our video series. And Fred can be reached no matter where you are listening at 800-593-8188, 800-593-8188. Uh, great discussion as always. And we, we, we kind of, uh, you left it with a tease of so. Social Security, which certainly is, of course, in people's retirement, one source of income. And there are a lot of claiming strategies there, Fred. Yep. For, for a couple, there's still 2,700 strategies. But what, what I think I really want to talk about is break even, because I, I think this is completely uh, misunderstood. And if, if, if all you're doing is relying on, on Google, you're going to go down, you know, go, go down a rabbit hole. For, if you're looking at, if we're looking at a couple, well, the break-even is a joint age combination. It's their joint age, not on their own individual ages. Now, I, I, I recognize that, some people are going to argue, clients have argued that they should claim early or even at 66 or 67 for full retirement, but they don't want to wait that long. They want to do it earlier, especially if they think that they're not going to live beyond age 78, which, was, which is their own break-even age. But my response is really to the point. I say to them, look, if you're right, then your wife and kids are going to get more of your assets and they're going to get a much bigger legacy than if you lived. On the other hand, if you're wrong, then you're going to consume the bulk of your assets and a larger Social Security benefit is essential because that may be your only source of income, especially if you won't buy an annuity And then the only other potential source of income would be home equity. Uh, I I always remind them that you buy income and you invest for growth. So if a husband and a wife claim and they have a maximum cash flow strategy, their joint break-even age is something around 82, maybe 83 uh, for people who now have full retirement uh, benefits at age 67. Um, 
you know, you, you pointed out that Social Security is an annuity. And nobody ever objects to the Social Security annuity except those people who, who think of it as an account, which it's not. It, you're right. It, it is an annuity. <clears throat> Uh, yeah. What, and uh, so I guess when a lot of people start uh, or, or confused maybe about uh, the value of annuities or not knowing they're good or bad annuities, there are annuities they're very familiar with, that being one in lottery another, right, Fred? Sure. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, you could do that. Yeah. But again, you got the same issue. People want to take cash um, because they're afraid that the government's going to go bankrupt. Government can't go bankrupt. It's mm. a, the U.S. government cannot go bankrupt. You can print more money and devalue the currency, <laughs> right. but it can't. It cannot go bankrupt. Yeah. States can't. Uh, states even would have a real problem of going into bankruptcy mm -hmm. court. Uh, I mean, the, the, I don't know. I guess I guess a municipality could go bankrupt, but but you know, didn't we that, see? Was it New York in the seventies? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I rem I remember that famous headline in the daily in the Daily News. Uh, the uh, Ford to New York go to hell. <laughs> oh, I do remember that. Yeah. yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. we talk, Fred, uh, about we've talked about that. It's a psychological shift for, for many moving from years of accumulation, then moving to de-accumulation. What is the hang up in that transition? Well, I think, first of all, I think it's a behavioral issue. Um, just as you said, that, that it's the, the, the act of, of, of the uh, transition is a behavioral issue. They, they, they see the, the money, uh, you know, going down. It, it's, uh, or, you know, make, let's say they're buying an annuity, that's money out, that, that they don't look at the annuity as an alternative source of money. <coughs> Excuse me. The, I think another issue is that people are willing to do uh, planning, uh, but when it comes to living the plan, that becomes a behavioral issue, and they're they're willing to do the plan, but they're not willing to live to live the uh, the plan. So that's one of the reasons I began with that quote from John Dryden, and um, which which is habits that that actually drive our. Uh, our behavior. I, I, I also think that people do not understand the difficulty of deaccumulation and why it's it's imperative that they receive predictable income. A, a stock portfolio does not provide secure, dependable uh, income. And when we get this four percent or any other withdrawal strategy, if you've got the bulk or all your income being portfolio dependent you are uh, going to be in for a very rough ride. And the point I'm trying to, to make is that deaccumulation is much harder to accomplish than accumulation. Retirement can be long, living to age 100 for us, and certainly for our, our grandkids. For our grandkids, it's very probable. Right now, uh, in the entire population, the odds are 1.75 per 100,000 people. That's today uh, of living to age 100. That's the entire population with or without access to quality health care. And we know from uh, Dr. Finkas 
studies that uh, people who have more income, even even mid-affluent people have good health insurance, they're going to live longer uh, than the uh, uh, Social Security uh, estimate uh, of, of, uh, of longevity. Yeah. So you have to, that's just stats, you know, from the entire population, but still it, it is relevant. The, the over age 100 population is growing and there's no reason to think. And, and again, this is statistical, of course, but uh, no reason to think that our grandkids won't live to age 100, possibly even even beyond. I mean, insurance company annuity products now uh, are going to age 120. Life products are going wow. to 125. Well, I mean, it's true. I mean, you, you, the numbers are uh, tell us that, as you said, the stats tell us. And, and then in, in looking at challenges that we face in, in trying to to uh, Come up with a predictable income. Inflation certainly figures into that, and especially today, doesn't it? Sure, it it, it does. But you know, your, your inflation at any level is going to cause a gap. I mean, even at two percent, there's still a gap is going to open. At seven percent, the gap opens a lot a lot faster. And we need guaranteed income. For, for the basics and then use use equities to close uh, the, the gap but we need to we need to build a ladder strategy and and you can build a ladder strategy uh, in a lot of different ways you just have to see what is the most effective way to build the ladder to to close the gap you have to close that that gap otherwise you start falling behind and once you start falling behind trying trying to dig out of that hole is is very is very difficult. The, a middle-income person is very likely that they're going to depend. They're going to use up their assets and be dependent on Social Security, an annuity, or home equity. Uh, th- that's going to happen uh, if they li- if they live, um, you know, 21, 27 years, or even or even longer, and uh, even wealthy people need a good, solid, smart Social Security strategy. Why? Well, wealth can be lost. You can can be subject to a sequence of return risks. There are lots of other risks that that you can be subject to. Inflation is is very real. Taxation is a real uh, issue. Now, right now, inflation is not at what it was in the 1970s. But it's real, and we have to protect ourselves because inflation devalues the dollar. It, 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 we buy less with it. Everything goes up in price. We have to deal with, with the shrinkage in, in the size of the packages of what we, of what we buy. I, 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 had to, I had to laugh. I, we, my wife ordered some pre-cooked hamburgers yesterday, uh, not hamburgers, uh, turkey burgers, mm-hmm. and I opened the package and I had a, I had a laugh. <laughs> the hamburger, the, excuse me, the turkey burger was, was 50% of the size that it was two weeks ago, and, oh. and, the, and the price had gone up. Oh, wow. So, uh, that's where we are now. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, it's what... Um, uh, what a lot of people call shrinkflation. Shrinkflation. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I've I've seen um, yeah, I've heard of... El Arian uh, use that phrase, and and so, uh, Tom Hagner has has used that. Uh, uh, I'm going to use that. I like that shrinkflation. shrinkflation. That's good. <laughs> well, you know, um, 
Wow. So I've heard of stagflation, but never yeah. shrinkflation. <laughs> Very well, good, yeah. though. Well, yeah, I got, I got a box of cereal <laughs> and yeah. had the usual warning content shift in, uh, you know, in, in, tran- in transit. So I put it on a, a scale. So I took the box and I opened the box, took the contents out. It's in that uh, wax type paper. Put it on a scale, uh, which measures ounces, you know, for food. And and sure enough, the the the, uh, the they had the manufacturer of the cereal had taken in a, a little over three ounces out uh, of oh. the package. Same price, do same size to, of the package. Do they have to display that on the box as far as like net weight or whatever? They're supposed to. Yeah, but wow. I. I, That's amazing. I, I didn't. It, I didn't see any difference right now in the, in the weight. Now I know that some of the other cereal companies, you know, the, the big name. This was a specialty health food yeah. type uh, company. I, I'm sure when they run out of packaging, uh, I maybe I'll yeah. put it in single serving. <laughs> wow, you know it's amazing. But, it's like with the chips. You know, it's so much of that is air when you open it up. Yeah. Yeah, that that it that it is. I I think that that people who are not in retirement, but who are going into retirement, they agonize the most, and they they have the greatest amount of problems coming to grip grips with with budgeting and their spending decisions. And I think that once they get into retirement, they, they start to see what works, what does not work, and they are better able to work it out. I, I know this may sound, what I just said may sound odd, but that's been my experience. I think it's the experience of other advisors. Once people get into that deaccumulation phase and they know they have to live it, then, then the decisions become easier and they smarten up about what to do. You get a little panicked. And, uh, and I think that's where you also play a role in helping to calm that panic. And is it that it's more, um, in other words, for the first time in their life to to have a hard budget, like when, when you're working, do people tend to not have a real hard budget and that becomes more necessary in retirement? Yeah. They become flexible, but you know, they don't, they have to come to grips with the fact that that they that they've earned all the money that they're that they're going to earn, and if they eliminate housing wealth and and are just dealing with with other hard assets, if you will, uh, then they have to come to grips with the fact that that this is it. There is no new money coming in two weeks from now. You know, there's no other paycheck. You have to create. You're on paycheck, yeah. And you have, and and there's only so much. Uh, you you only have so much in the way of assets, which is capable of producing so much income. And you better make up your mind that you have to live with that, unless you want to get a, a part time. Uh, you want to you want to see if you can get a part time job. You know, greeter at greeter at Walmart, greeter at Home Depot, greeter at Lowe's, something. And nobody something wants to like have that. to do that. And that's where too you part part of the the component that has that that income built in can really help too with the psychological yeah. aspect of that. Yeah, it it does. Uh, p- people who have guaranteed sources of income are happier 
once they're in retirement, they don't have to worry how they're going to pay their bills. And, and once they experience that happiness and that feeling of well-being, uh, they can go on and enjoy their retirement. People who are living hand to mouth or how they're going to pay this bill, how am I going to do that? How am I going to you know, save for this? I can't spend on that. They're not happy. Uh, in retirement, they cannot they cannot enjoy themselves. They're 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 money focused. Everything is about money, and that's not a happy way to go into retirement. You didn't no. work all these years to you know be sitting home and and watching television. No, or or to be stressed. Also, you don't want that. Uh, and and you know um, that's again where Fred comes in as a fiduciary. And while you delivered, Fred, you know we, we opened this up saying you were going to touch on withdrawal uh, strategies, that you were going to touch on inflation, deaccumulation, social security, and you certainly did that. Uh, just so much great information on this podcast every week. Thanks so much for being with us. Uh, please like and rate and subscribe and and do stay with us, Fred. We'll get together and do it again next week. Absolutely. We hope you'll forward to it. Me too. We hope you'll join us for Money Matters USA. Investment advisory services offered through Money Matters USA LLC. Fred Sade and his guests provide general information, not individually targeted personalized advice, and are not liable for the usage of information discussed. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles should not be considered investment advice or a recommendation to buy or sell in any of these financial vehicles. This information should also not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult with a professional specializing in the fields of tax, legal accounting, or investments regarding the applicability of this information for their situation. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Any comments regarding safe and secure investments and guaranteed income streams refer only to fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to the securities or investment advisory products. Fixed insurance and annuity product guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing company and are offered through Money Matters USA LLC. By contacting Money Matters USA, you may be provided information regarding the purchase of insurance products.